And we are recording. Yes, we are. We are back. It's been a cute six months. Um, I'm sure everybody missed us. We took a cute little hiatus, needed some time for ourselves. Um, life got crazy. Faith has some lovely life updates she'll share with you. Nothing new happened to me. I just like nothing new really happened with me. So Faith, update everyone. <laughs> Right. We took a really long hiatus. I don't think we should ever do that again. We're sorry. No, never. We won't do that again. We promise we will not do that again. Like we know we were missed, but we're back and better. Yes. Yes, we are. Um, yeah. So what we're doing right now, I mean, I'm still working the same job. I'm still working for United. We're still promoting black mental health here. We're still strongly encouraging all black people to see if you can find some type of accessible therapy. We know that this is obviously not the case because we live in the United States and it's not always accessible, but we encourage people that have um, specific kinds of jobs to really try to see if you can get a couple free um, sessions. Always promoting Black health here. Um, just in the last couple months, we've seen it, you know, really arise where we've actually had to reach out to people to let people know, you know, hey, like this is available to you. Um, we actually shared a couple of links on our actual page um, of ways specifically black men could get access to mental health. And um, yeah, so anyway, um, just a little quick spiel about that. Um, if you didn't see those, just let us know and we'll probably post that on our story as well. Happily, yes, we will. Um, yeah, Faith, you go. Update everybody on what's going on. What's, what's been going on in my life? So, y'all, I got engaged. <laughs> I know, right? You not you did not see it coming. I was no, not of us saw it coming. <laughs> and now she can't act. It, it's, yeah, you know, you're, you're like your one friend. Heavy. You're like your one friend. Yeah, only day. You know, it, it just, I had to hide it from everybody. Yeah. All right, but I'm just kidding. I don't even have a man. <laughs> It's um, fine though. It's fine. She's definitely been dating and enjoying herself, yeah. um, which is good as you should, because you're single um, and the ring will come and you'll probably let everybody know um, on the day of the wedding that you decided yes, to get married. Thank you. Thank Paul you. and Issa, which we need to talk about. Right. I'm Issa got waiting, married, everyone. Yeah. I'm also waiting for Brynn's engagement. So Jake, when you listen to this episode, just know it's a threat. I'm tired. Uh, what have I been up to? I graduated with my MPH in May. Yay! Super Everyone, if um, you haven't congratulated her or DM'd her, this is not me asking you. This is me telling you. Immediately go DM Faith right now and be like, yo, congratulations. This is huge. She then worked so hard. Cash app, Venmo, Zelle. Oh do what you got to do. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Venmo her $500. Yeah. I mean, um, I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you need $500. Exactly. I do, I do, because there's some parking tickets I got to pay. Um, so yeah, all I did was graduate. I traveled a little bit. So I was actually in the Dominican Republic just about two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I did not want to come back. Um, and now I'm just figuring out the next steps in my life, aka my doctorate degree. So mm -hmm. that's where I'm at right now. What have you been up to? Um, also her graduation is in person, so I'm going to fly out there guys. And so we'll be able to create some content, um, for you out there when that happens. Just wanted to slip that in there because the graduation is going to be in person and I'm super excited to see you for that. 
Um, yeah, like I said earlier, nothing really is new with me and that sounds super boring. I basically have just been going to weddings and spending a lot of money and it's been terrible. So, um, which has been great, you know, obviously to celebrate people's love. I feel like they're definitely gonna listen to this podcast and be like, wow, you're such a bitch. Um, it's just expensive, um, but it's fine, you know. Um, work is good. Um, I am traveled def- somewhere. What's I didn't Miami? travel. What's Miami? Oh yeah, shit. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, I went to Miami over Memorial Day weekend and died. Like M- Miami is not for the week, and I don't know why I thought it was just like another casual city, but it was really overwhelming. I probably won't go back to be honest. Like it was just like a lot for me. Um, the heat was aggressive and I love the heat, but it was like too hot to the point where it wasn't even enjoyable. Like I sweat through all of my outfits before I could even take pictures, which I hated um, because I do everything for the gram. Um, and then, yeah, one of my friends like went to the ER. Uh, it was just like crazy. Yeah, it was just absurd. And then like the weekend I went, which was obviously Memorial Day weekend, um, like several people got shot like within a couple blocks of our area and we like were staying at a really nice hotel so it was like okay shitty you know (laughs) just like really unsettling oh and then like I don't know if you saw this on Twitter which by the way me and Faith are always on Twitter um and if you're not on Twitter I change mine every day I don't think anyone could really even find me anymore like no I changed every day but I don't know if you saw this Faith like did you see that building collapsed on Miami. Um, yes, I did. I did remember that. So that was like a couple streets over from where I stayed. Well, literally, like like on like Miami Beach. Yeah. That's disturbing. Yeah. So it was really unsettling to see that. Like it was. It, I don't even think it was two weeks after Memorial Day weekend when I saw that uh, go off on Twitter, and I was like, oh, that's really. But it was a great time. I enjoyed myself. It was really nice to let loose with my friends. Um, and yeah, then I went home for a little bit. I went home for Mother's Day, which is really great to see my mama. Um, ooh, sad news. My grandpa passed away. Um, but good news is my mom was able to go see him for free because I worked for an airline. So that was a plus. And she was able to go back um, for like a month and a half, which was great. Um, but downside was I wasn't able to go with her. And I had been to Rwanda in like almost seven eight years it's been a while so um that was kind of a bummer but you know the reason why I got the job was for the perks anyway so I can make sure my mom goes back free so yeah um yeah nothing really else is new with me I I feel like my life is kind of boring but it's gonna pick up soon because it is Leo season it is Leo season and (laughs) if you don't know Verena's the definition of a Leo she loves attention I I do that that like she made it known that it's leo season i think she literally has like 50 events planned for her birthday coming up and if you do i do it's not all that deep it's all about libra season it's not you can wait your turn um and it's okay um i'm very happy to go into my 26th year um and actually like celebrate my birthday because i feel like last year it was really low-key and i didn't really get to celebrate my 25th um i like still did it big and like had a good time. I just really excited for this year. Um, and yeah, if you want to know my signs, um, I'm a Leo sun, a Leo rising and a cancer moon. So again, I'm a double Leo. So this is very much like a very important time of the year for me, 
We're thriving. It's only good vibes. We're looking cute. I'm really excited to get my hair done, my lashes done. I already ordered like $100 worth of stuff for just like one of my brunches. So I'm feeling really good going into this season. Um, but it feels weird because the summer is basically over. Because yes. once it hits Leo season, I mean, you know, it's like the end of the year, essentially. So that's been kind of a bummer to look at. And I know we, me and Faith were actually just talking about this before we got on this podcast. I mean, I'm sure you guys have read the news. And if you haven't, um, if you have not been vaccinated again, I feel like you guys haven't talked to us in six months and it's, it would be weird if you guys weren't vaccinated. Like, it's just weird. I don't, I don't get why you do it. Yeah. I'm officially a public health professional to get vaccinated. And I will say this, all the people that are currently dying of COVID in the hospitals right now are Mm -hmm. unvaccinated. And on their last breath, they are asking for the vaccine. So please, please get vaccinated. Yeah, they're begging. And it's, as you can tell, because they do end up passing away, it's too late. So just get vaccinated. We won't need to spend that much time on that. But to tie into what I was saying earlier, um, you know, there's definitely going to be a second wave coming probably, hopefully November. Um, and I don't say hopefully like nicely. I just am saying like, I'm hoping that we get all the good weather and then we can just be locked in our houses for the winter time. But yep, just get vaccinated and prepare for the second wave. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's my little update. That's a little update about our lives. As we'll state our Instagrams toward the end, but we do post on our Instagram so you can keep updated with our lives. You mm-hmm. follow us on Insta. But girl, let's talk about Issa Rae. I just, she, okay, so I feel like you and I actually specifically talked about this on our podcast about how you would never post your husband until the day of the wedding. Mm-hmm. And to see that actually come to life with how Issa has done it. Like people didn't even know she was still dating him. I, I feel like you and I both knew that because we're like huge insecure fans, but we we knew that because she'd been spotted with him and he would sometimes come to red carpet events, but like she never introduced him as her boyfriend. So for her to just be like, and first of all, her caption was like, she's like this cute little photo shoot and all of my, all of these girls around me like happened to be wearing the same outfit. I was like, I just iconic. I, I just- she looks so beautiful. Just yeah, and I was telling on one of my homeboys this because they were having a dilemma about like how some girls get mad when this when they don't post them. I'm yeah. and I think Issa Rae was someone who's very private, and her social media is primarily for her career and for herself, mm-hmm. and so she doesn't have to post her man as long as they both have discussed that within their relationship. So I'm sure he wasn't posting her either. And I don't really know who he is, but you have that conversation with your partner prior to it being an issue. And Issa Rae, to me, uses her Instagram for like herself and her fun and her career. And so it wasn't something that she wanted to show the world her man, because I think being a celebrity and being in the spotlight all the time, you post a significant other and all of a sudden you have all these unwanted comments and all this unnecessary noise that comes Mm -hmm. to your relationship. And that can like break a relationship or like project their own insecurities onto you and like you just want that love to be within you and that person without any outside factors or opinions um yeah no I agree with everything you said I mean it it, social media now is such a a toxic but all it, it just depends on how you use social media but again, celebrities specifically I mean I I wouldn't be surprised if most of celebrities thought of social media like 
apps like Instagram as kind of a toxic app just because you are letting people into your life. And so for her to use it as like a business purpose and show what kind of project she's writing and producing currently, um, which by the way, hopefully everyone tunes in. Um, she's currently producing a rap show. Um, so we'll tune into that when it actually comes out. But um, for her to just share this tiny aspect of her life, like we're even lucky that we got grace with it because again, then it also brings in that unnecessary scrutiny and comments from strangers like you and I, and hopefully it's not negativity from people, but you know, there's always going to be haters out there. So I definitely agree. Like she was super articulate with what she posted and looked amazing. And I don't know, I'm just proud of her. I, I feel like I'm like a mom from far. I'm like, oh my God, Issa got married. Oh, I love her. It's She's so adorable. So. Stunning. She, it was She's just beautiful. Two like Vera Wang, like custom made Vera Wang dresses. I was like, flex on us. And I'm not a big grills person, but her grills were icy as fuck. Like she looked so good. I didn't even notice that she was wearing grills. She only wore them in like one picture. Okay. And it was like, it wasn't like the full mouth. It was like, these and it was just like like bling. I loved it yeah it was really cool she posted on her story oh okay is it out there anymore I will literally google it and send it to you <laughs> I'm literally about to google it right now yeah google it right now it, I think it looked really cool on her and she's got like big teeth too so it's like it, it really like stuck out it looks good okay I see it yeah I don't know. I thought she looked. I don't like um, it. I just don't like grills. They're just not. No, I don't like grills either, but I liked that hers weren't like a full rack, like across. Like I liked that it was just like kind of a little touch. Um, again, grills are not for me and I don't think they're for you either. Um, but that being said, I, I liked the little touch of the iciness, you know, still like a little cute, awkward girl, awkward black girl, you know. If you know, you know. We are uh, just so, so happy for Issa. Like, it just brought so much joy to my heart. And hurry up and release a new season of Insecure. One of the last season, which I'm devastated. But. Yeah, I think it's going to come out, though, by the end of the year. I really thought it was coming out in August, but whatever. That'd be really quick. They just finished, like, rap, fit, like rapping. Oh, my God, no. Filming oh, in, like, May. So I feel like it'll come out in like November, I hope, whatever. Okay, well, anyway, let's pray. We need, you know, yeah, we need the next year. Um, so to let everybody know what we're actually like focusing, what our topic is today. Um, we had a couple people reach out to us um, to ask us to talk about this. And it was actually a really interesting topic because it's very an unspoken um. I don't say unspoken language, but it is kind of an unspoken language with black women. Um, so for us to even talk about this today, we kind of felt like we didn't even really need to prep for it because this is something that we talk about all the time, I feel like. Um, so the topic is humbling women who are successful. Um, specifically, since Faith and I are obviously blacky black, so specifically black women who are successful and how that ties into relationships. Um, so we'll talk about insecurities that men honestly have due to this and kind of the steps that people need to take, I guess, to accept women for being successful and go being a go-getter and you know going after the salary um, and the income that they want. 
Um, Faith, do you have anything to add on the topic or? Yeah, I was gonna say. We got some stuff to cover. Uh, it's a topic I'm very passionate about because of my life goals and my career goals. And I, through my experiences and conversations with some black men, there is this dynamic where they feel they have to humble black women who are yes. successful and they predict a lot of their insecurities onto these women. And I hate like this, the phrase, if you're broke, don't date. But like today I'm gonna stand by that because a lot of, I don't wanna say a lot of black men, but I will say that a lot of black men feel intimidated by black women who are successful, especially ones that are six-figure chicks. And if they're not six-figure chicks, they have this tend to try to bring you down and tear down your confidence um, and ask you why you're aspiring so high. And it just really worries me out because I think that we should all be wanting to push for each other to see each other do well. And black women, we always have black men's back 10 times more than they have our back. So for me, I'm sitting here and someone telling me their dreams. I'm like, oh yeah, go and like reach and get that. I'm not gonna sit here and try to humbly be like, oh, you're aspiring for too much. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times I think some cis black men sound just like their white counterparts. That and is correct. Recognize that. And I'm saying that it's all black men, but from an experience I've recently had with someone, yeah. I had to call them out on it. Yeah. And it's I'm literally like speechless because um I, I couldn't even believe this conversation that we were able to see. Um, because I, I definitely have had this conversation, but not as deep and in depth, like thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, going back on what Faith says, like the humbling aspect is such a huge thing that you feel the microaggressions towards black women on like why are you aspiring for this much you're doing too much relax like you're good where you are um do you really think that you can handle all this responsibility that's been something that's been said to me a lot in the workplace which I fume at because if I couldn't handle it I would have said something and I clearly wouldn't have been handed this responsibility in the first place um so again like that is something that maybe as a career conversation, if you aren't motivated to make six figures, that is completely fine. Um, there's absolutely no reason, and I feel like this is self-explanatory, but there's absolutely no reason why you need to be telling someone like to put down on them as to why they want to make six figures. Like it's not even about like let, let's just start from the beginning. Like one person wants to make six figures, and the other person's like okay with you know what making like 50, 60 or whatever. Um, if one person is really going after that, there should be no reason as to why you're trying to hold them back. Whatever happened in in your life that you feel the need to hold somebody back when they can actually aspire, I mean, it's more than even just being realistic here. It's just like, mind your business, I think at least. And then also there's a conversation where it's, I just don't think you'd be compatible. Like I don't see anyone being compatible with someone or a black woman, for example. I don't see anyone that is, a black woman that wants to succeed in her career and bring in that six figure income at the bare minimum, because we both know that we're going to be shooting for much higher than the bare minimum hundred K. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't see how you think that this would be compatible because then it would be a conversation that your insecurity as a black man or just in general, a man 
your insecurity continues to come up for the rest of your life because it's not like someone's just going to stop being motivated to go get X income, get that promotion. That's not just going to, you know, lull out. It's going to keep going. Like the more you succeed, the more you want to do better and perfect things and showcase your abilities in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Um, But going back to what conversations we had, um, we were talking about dating within dating and getting married within your league yes um, and how this ties in to humbling black women about being successful and how much Mm -hmm. they make and this topic I felt was just like a clear case of extreme masculine fragility like it was so scary to see for the viewers for the listeners yeah a couple things that were said to us um yeah, please read that. I'm gonna started off telling us that um, because Black women are starting to be more successful than Black men, that dating expectations should change. And he elaborated to talk about how Black women are getting married at a much older age because they can now take care of themselves so a man doesn't sound as great as it once did. Then he went on saying how the man shouldn't pay for everything and that it's a character flaw if a woman doesn't reach for the bill on, on dates. Um, and how that men, if you're making more than a man, you should be splitting the bill. Um, he also talked about how um, because Black women become more successful and we're getting married older, we're dying alone. I'm um, just going to just let's stop here for a second. Just to repeat, in case for some reason you guys didn't hear that, this man had equated the fact that the reason why Black women are dying alone is because they're making too much. Yeah. They're that successful that that's the reason why they're dying alone because no man would want them. Like how small of, well, I I guess I should probably clean up my language. I'm supposed to be better on this. Um, But like how small is your area that you feel that attacked by someone that you feel the need to say, this is why you're dying. And this was said to faith. So again, like this is past the point of a microaggression. This is like a straight up attack. And it's so scary because this person thought it was okay to say this. Like he was just like, yeah, this is, these are my views. These are my thoughts and this makes sense. And that's extremely harmful. And then it also terrifies black women again, because we're like, wait, if this is just one guy, like what if they all think like that? And then, you know, and it's not like we definitely haven't had this conversation where we know that, you know, sometimes it is a conversation between two people where it's like, oh, who makes more? And why is it insecure conversation? Because the man typically is supposed to take on that role, but that's an old fashioned like role I don't think that has anything to do with people getting or um, dying alone number one um I think that to tie into what he was saying about like getting married later I mean I think I've just noticed that people are getting married later because they have other things that they have prioritized besides getting married you have your whole life to get married um except for right now because I really want to get married Jane but anyway um you have your whole life to get married so why not excel in your career why not get to that point where you're moving forward and then you can pay for whatever wedding you want. Um, And I would honestly hope that the man or woman, or just, again, the two partners in the relationship, I would hope that they're both excelling or trying to excel and it doesn't need to be a competition. And that shouldn't have really any correlation with marriage, but that's just what I've seen and it should be okay. I want to start off with, 
why do people think it's an attack to call someone single? Like, what do you think? You're what, you, yes. What do you gain out of that? Dying single. Okay, but she may be dying single, but she lived a life that she enjoyed, right? She had a great life, whatever. That's an attack. Like, that's not a discipline. We can stop. We can just stop with that right there. But I think some of the points that were made to me, I think sometimes you have to learn to date for new means, right? If you're going to be insecure dating a six-figure chick, you don't need to be dating a six-figure chick. Maybe get six figures and then start dating. But like, yeah. you your means at the same time, who, and I said this on one of our first or second episodes, if you ask someone for the time, you should pay. Now, if you are sitting here thinking you have to impress a woman, because men, you are the chickens, right? You are the ones who go and do all the pursuing and you want to impress the woman. If you know that in your bank account, you can't afford to take her to Fogo, Ruth's Chris, and all these expensive restaurants for everyday dates, then discuss that. You don't need to take them to that to right. all time mm-hmm. but it's all within you so like you sit here and be like because we all have our insecurities um don't sit there and project it on someone and try to humble someone because they were targeting their life to get to a certain place make you feel small because it is hard to get to the top it's hard to make a certain to get the salary that we want and on top of all that we face in the workplace to come back and like try to go on one date and we're sitting here getting being labeled as having character flaws because we didn't reach for the check you asked for my time I'm not reaching for nothing yeah and also again to add to tack on what you're saying like we already have to do like double the amount of work to be recognized and to be rewarded in the workplace because we are black women like it's not an easy thing to get recognized because people don't want to recognize us and when we do get recognized we should absolutely be like clapped on the back for we should be rewarded we should get that salary bump so the conversation even about paying on the first date like you said I mean I think you and I like had we had pretty much the same like idea for it like I was just like I'm old-fashioned like first date you know I think the guy should pay but I also will say that like the first date like the guy has asked me like on that date. So I agree with what you're saying. Like whoever's asking to take you on a date, they should pay. So the whole conversation is like, oh, it's be polite and like reach for it. Mm-hmm. I mean. Cause at the end of the day, like if you say split the bill, that's like, if I split the bill with someone, you're my homie. I know it's just like, I like, I'll just pay for the bill. Like, I'll just pay for the bill at that point. It's just and weird. I think that people need to recognize the distinction between when you first are courting somebody, you're in that beginning phase of dating. Of course, like, you know, I think the man should pay for those first couple of dates. But as you get to know someone and it becomes more familiar. And comfortable because you want to pay for it. Like, I'm going to offer to pay more often, yeah. you know? But, like, when you're in that stage of you're pursuing me, my I'm not pulling out my card from that well again like that's the you're in the woo stage like you're trying to woo someone so like you're you should be going above and beyond but to try to like belittle someone because of how much they make which I don't know what conversation we're having I, I definitely am having these conversations just like yeah I want to make six figures I'm close but you know like I want you like you're having these conversations with people when you're in the dating process I don't know if you're telling them how much you make and if you are and you feel comfortable about doing that you know um I still don't think that should take into account of what the date is like 
you can make more than someone, but they're still trying to woo you, you know? And if you feel comfortable about paying for the date, then pay for the date. But it, 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 the argument completely just led down to masculine fragility, you know? And I think the day, there's plenty of pe- people right in relationships where someone is making significantly more. And it's all about yeah. I like to because at the end of the day, money isn't everything. Like, does it provide like maybe a sustainable life um, and maybe a little bit of luxury? But in the day, if you're really connecting with someone and you love that person, mm-hmm. money is not going to hold you back. And so yeah. don't sit here and get situations just because you think you're dating someone who's a lawyer or CEO of a company. And you're like, oh, wow, they make this money and I need to humble them and bring them down. That's not it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, it's, I don't want to like say some things that I shouldn't say. <laughs> um, bottom line, um, if you for some reason are feeling a little bit threatened or you kind of have to tiptoe around that conversation, just try to look inwards and see like what does that say about you do you I mean that I think for me not only is that masculine fragility but that also shows it I mean I don't want to say teensy because it's kind of like a lot a lot of bit of sexism um because you still believe that you should be making more like no matter what and to the point where if someone is making more than you you want them to be pushed back to your level and then you can somehow I don't even know actually if what you're trying to get at exactly um is if you wish you you know were making six figures which you know I, I would hope that your motivation whoever um whoever you are that you would also want to make six figures but it just seems like a the form of sexism as well so it yeah Anyway, we just wanted to definitely talk about that today because that was something that was really bugging us. So if you guys have any comments about this, like please let us know. Um, if you have felt or experienced any of this from either an ex-boyfriend, an ex-girlfriend, I would hope not. Um, but you know, if you've experienced this from an ex-girlfriend as well or just a partner in general, mm-hmm. um, please let us know, DM us. Um, we'll probably be posting like snippets of, every, of everything, but we just kind of wanted to have a conversation starter about this just because we felt it was so wrong. And when Faith and I were talking about it, we're like, yeah, I mean, we definitely have felt like these strong microaggressions before from people, but it was crazy to actually see these conversations like happening in real life. And also terrifying to hear that, you know, there are people like this that, you know, are in the dating game and this is just fully like what they believe. And I'm like, gosh, I really hope like that the woman that, you know, ends up with this person you know I I wish them all my best because that's terrifying it's Mm -hmm. terrifying to be like feel like you're like underneath someone like all the time it's just it's gross um anyway on another note let's talk about prioritizing mental health specifically Simone Biles and Naomi Osaka yeah I just gonna say I'm just so here for them right now it's Mm -hmm. like the Olympics takes a toll on your body and then your mind and mm-hmm. these people get the best in their sport like two of the greatest athletes of all time and I don't say female athletes I say greatest athletes of all time so yep. I'm tired of that distinction um especially at black bodies we are looked at as objects to make money 
it's mm-hmm. it's calling them both weak for prioritizing their mental health is ridiculous because when the white people do it, it's like, yep. oh my gosh, this is an amazing thing. But because we are looked at as objects, we're supposed to take home gold to the Olympics and bring home the gold for the USA. The one time that, you know, we're getting praised, but we come back to our own country and we face with all this racism, it's mm-hmm. kind of crazy to me. And I'm so happy that Simone Biles decided to prioritize her mental health. And it just sets the tone and such a high standard for young Black girls that you don't do the shit. Like, if you need a break, you can take a break. You don't owe an explanation to nobody. Yeah. Um, I think you said it all. Um, it, as someone, like, as Black women, I think that we are constantly expected to suck it up um, and things are just going to be okay because, you know, we have to hold it in and we have to not speak up. And I mean, this this ties into obviously like mental health, physical health, and just like health in literally health in general. Like, for example, you know, black women are typical, well, this is a stigma, obviously, and this has happened. I mean, that's why black women um, births are so terrifying for black women, because I mean, doctors, unfortunately, for a really long time, we're, to, we're believed that, you know, Black women had a higher um, pain tolerance. And even though we're telling them this, they still don't believe us. You know, they just expect us to just kind of handle things. And that's not like a great correlation, but I'm, I'm just trying to explain more about how, how much like Black, both Naomi and Simone have gotten just from being like, hey, I'm not in a good place right now. And even Simone, like her interview was amazing. She was like, yeah, like I knew I'm going to, be, I knew I was going to be fine. Um, but I knew I couldn't, I, I'm taking one for the team here where I'm saying like, I'm not here. I, I'm not in a good place to compete. And I would love to see my team win. And I want to make sure that we're doing the best we can. Um, but, and it's just, it's, it's gross. It's just gross to see that. It's, it's amazing. And I'm here for this. It's just gross to see all the disgusting flack that's come back from it. And I'm just, if, if these were two white women, I just know things would be different. And then we'd have some type of long, like, and we, should, we, we actually need to talk about Shakari Richardson as well. Oh yeah. Don't, don't yeah. I also want to mention something about Simone Biles. Yeah. He was doing things on that gymnastic floor, whatever they call that thing. Yeah. That no other competitor could do. Never. We didn't score her for it. Oh my God. Yeah. The judges literally well, told her that. They told her that though. So what is the point of competing if yeah. you're not going to score me fairly because I'm better than everybody? That's because, the point of yeah. being Olympic is mm-hmm. better than everybody. But if I can do things that other people can't do, I'm clearly the best to so score me the highest score. Yeah. And they wouldn't do that for her. And so I was like, what's the point of competing? But mm-hmm. I guess that was some other white person. Like, I don't know much about swimming, but I remember Michael Phelps was like sitting here breaking records that no one else has. Year and after he- year after year. But Simone Biles is killing it and they won't score her. Like, how do you change the rules because someone is too good? And this reminds yeah. me of an article I read a couple of months ago when two Black um, high school students had the highest CPAs. Yep. Um, and these guys mm-hmm. got mad and they had to change and bend the rules for. Mm-hmm. Um, valedictorian yep 
because we have to cater to white feelings and white feelings only. And that was also another thing that was talked about. Like the judges straight up told Simone that they weren't going to judge her or judge her and rate her fairly on her straight up moves that are now named after her because she created them. But not only that, they also had to mention how it made all the other contestants feel in the Olympics about competing against Simone. And it's like, they're, they're going to the Olympics. They need to, why would they not be preparing themselves to go compete against the best of all time? So this is, why are we catering yet again to every other race besides black people? It's just disgusting. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it so much. And to segue into Shikari Richardson, which love her, her mental health mm. matters. She's human. Um, I, I'm sure every, obviously everyone here heard about the situation where, you know, they, they found, um, marijuana in her system. Um, and they called it, you know, an enhancing, um, enhancing drug. Is that what they said? I don't remember what it was. It's like, how? Yeah, whatever. Um, the main thing is, and then I just, I just saw recently, I don't know, Megan Rapinoe, um, I think is, it's Megan Rapinoe. Let me look. Sorry, I'm looking up. Um, so two white women who are, um, yeah, it's Megan Rapinoe. Um, so Megan Rapinoe and another uh, soccer player um, that play on the US team. Um, are now the face of promoting THC in um, uh, national sports. And I'm like, wow. And look at us like promote it. Like I can't, I, you can't make it up. They like did this entire like long like session and they got um, sponsored and paid to talk about like how how good their relationship was with THC. Um, And those are two white women um, that were, put on, they were given this platform to talk about it. And then yet Shikari Richardson um, lost her opportunity to go to the Olympics. It's just like, it's just like, a, they're just like playing in our faces. I, I just, I don't even, I don't even know what else to say. I was just so frustrated and angry and I'm not like a huge Olympics watcher or anything, but I mean, for me, it's just every time I'm like, I don't really understand like what, yeah. Anyway, that was just really frustrating for me to see. Yeah. I like with this whole Shakari thing, like she definitely took accountability and like for sure, like from the jump, you weren't allowed to smoke weed. Like every person in the Olympics knows that, whatever. No, yeah. yeah. I agree. Like, it's hard to uh, accountability for it. And I'm so here for it. But what makes me so upset is that one, it's become legal. And where she smoked weed, it was legal. You know? At the same time, weed is not in a sports enhanced performance enhancing drug. If anything, she should have been like why was she so fast like why was she so fast it didn't it wasn't enhancing her at the end of the day and now that you have like more olympians or whatever that are in the olympics um promoting cbd and thc it's just weird it's another double standard Mm -hmm. yep just another like blatant white privilege yeah abuse of platform all things black like you looked at her she was just like this beautiful black girl with her nails all was on her 
lashes, her hair color, like she was just all things. Her lace front was so beautiful. Her lace front was so laid. Like it was just perfectly plucked. It was, yeah, it was like, yeah, it was, it was, like, it was, it was <laughs> yeah, your lace front is still giving scalp. Yeah, and her nails were like bomb. They're so long too. She looked, she just looked bomb too. And she had just lost her mother, was it? Or grandma? No, no, it was her mother. Mm-hmm. It was her mother, yeah. Um, because I know she hugged her grandma. Um, anyway, just a great uh example of an abuse of white privilege. Um, fuck the Olympics. Um, I mean, we're still, you know, proud of uh Sunny mm-hmm. Lee, who's actually from um St. Paul so mm-hmm. mini rep and there's another one I think her name is Grace I believe she's also from Minnesota but congrats to Sunny Lee like yes, she Sunny. yeah she's awesome and like she's only freaking 18 years old mm-hmm. she's Hmong she's the first Hmong American to yeah. go to the Olympics and to win a gold medal so I'm still here for that she also went to the same elementary school where I went to summer school at when I was like love in elementary battle shout out to battle creek mm-hmm. yeah well we now we follow her on twitter she's super cute um so yeah congrats to that that was really nice to see um if you guys are super into olympics like let us know i'm really not it's just like not my thing um but i keep up with it it's just like i, I won't like watch every single day like all three four weeks or however long it is you know um, I probably won't do that, but into it for track. I was just root for everybody black. Yeah, um, and I like watching the swimming and like, especially like diving and stuff like that. It's really cool because swimming is like a hard sport, and there's um a lot more black swimmers this year. So oh, I'm excited about that. That's awesome. Yeah, I literally again like I don't really know. All I know is like the 2012 Olympics were just like absolutely insane for yeah. diving specifically because like one team just like complete I don't remember what team it was um but it was the boys and like they like they just like back flopped every single time on like their dives that they would do with like all the flips yeah I'll have to send it to you it's like this really funny twitter clip because it's not like they're like making fun of it or anything it's like the two swimmers like excuse me divers that like completely like flopped their dives like were like high-fiving each other and I was like oh my god so funny oh my god that would hurt so bad no I'm literally gonna send it to you and you're gonna be like it like and it's from so high up too so it's it's a little chaotic um um but anyway let's talk about the baby and I don't want to spend too much time on him because he doesn't deserve our energy yeah. And I just want to say this. I didn't watch too much of his homophobic statements. And mm. I recorded the podcast last night with um, two of my homeboys. And we were talking about it. And they played the clip for me. And it was just so disturbing. Because who says that? Mm-hmm. And what was the point? No. Like, there was just no point. And I will say this. And I always stand by this. People who always have a comment about things that have nothing to do with them are somehow like no, they're involved. Thing. So I think for the baby, the fact that you were sitting here saying all these homophobic slurs, you are probably gay. And I'm like, so why do you have so much energy like for it? Why do you have to go out of your way to be homophobic? Just shut up and mind your business. That doesn't affect your life. Yeah. And you're also saying so many negative things and like um 
give, providing misinformation about HIV and AIDS. And it makes me feel oh, yeah. a person because Black men, specifically Black gay men and Black people in general, are the, we are most severely affected by HIV and AIDS. Like mm-hmm. we pick up what, like 13% of the U.S. population, it might even be less than that, but we are at almost at 50% of all HIV and AIDS cases. Yeah. So it is no joke to be spreading misinformation about yep. and like HIV and AIDS is not something you can't look at someone and tell if they have it. Like people live long health lives with it, and it just makes people be in the dark about it. And that's just not okay. I'm not yeah. Saying that. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean it's not like I was ever like a massive DaBaby fan, honestly. Um, like I definitely like, liked a couple of songs. I mean, I'm always here to support Megan Thee Stallion. So those are the majority of the songs that I actually liked of his, um, because I'm a huge Megan fan. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's really not much to say about the statement. And if you have, um, if you haven't heard it, I'm not going to encourage people to go listen or read it because it's so foul and so below the bell and disgusting. Um, it's, it's so past the point of homophobic and like, it, it's just, just, just a horrible cry of just anger and disgustingness. And again, like if you have the great opportunity to perform at Rolling Wild, like this is the height of his career because it's clear it's just, we all know it's gonna go downhill from here. I mean, he's already been accused of several other things that are absolutely horrible. Um, but this is just, this is, he's he is creating his own downfall. So again, like Faith was saying, like for him to just say that on, like no one said anything like, and I actually saw something earlier today, like, even Chris Brown got involved and Chris Brown was like, you literally thank your fans and then you get off the stage. And you know, that's bad when Chris Brown is talking and he's actually like, we're like, yeah, do what he said. Like, you know, it's bad when that happens. Um, like even Elton John was tweeting. I, uh, literally, like, it's just, there's so many people that are like, unfortunately there's also like the really dumbass people, the ones that are getting involved, like freaking TI. Like, why are you still talking? Why are you in jail? Go to jail, please go to prison. It's so toxic. I just, I feel for T.I.'s daughter. I will say that. Um, But anyway, it's just, it was just horrible and honestly like disgusting. And it just like makes you really, really sad because again, like there are so many opportunities um, for him to just stop where he was getting into it. Like the amount of things that he said in this like long rant were just unnecessary. Like there were so many times where he could be like, okay, he said this, just stop where you are. That's already offensive enough. That's already homophobic enough, but he took it three steps too far, you know? And not only is he like hurting his, the homophobic, like he's, he's being extremely homophobic with his words. So he's hurting the LGBTQ community. Um, but now he has to go ahead and attack the HIV and AIDS community. And like, there's already like a large stigma that we as a country are trying to get past um, that, you know, the stigma that goes around with HIV and, and AIDS of being like, I hate to say it, but dirty. Like that is like a stigma that goes around and he fueled into that. And it's so scary to see somebody with a platform like that. And he chose the absolute horrible way to go about it. Mm-hmm. And it's scary because again, he is a black man in America and he knows like, not only are like black men and black people just murdered every single day, but he knows that like 
black mental health is not easy, you know? And so for him to go ahead and, and spew this horrible filth and specifically target the HIV and AIDS um, community, like there are people that are suffering with this that want to take their life. And like his words, honestly, I mean, that definitely fueled their fire. Like clearly these people are gonna think that I'm not worthy enough because DeBaby said this to 19.1 million people on his Instagram. And then he also performed this in front of, I don't, God knows how many million people at Rolling Loud. You know, it, it's just, it's terrifying and it's scary and it's not right. It's horrible. And if you are still somehow a DeBaby fan, like after this, please DM me. I will happily have a conversation with you as to why it's so harmful and dangerous. And that being said, Again, I'm not encouraging anyone to hear it, but I am encouraging people to see his responses and his quote unquote apologies. His apologies, and I'm again, I'm putting in air quotes because they are not apologies. They are straight up like him deflecting. And he's like, he can't, for one of his like comments and about how he's upset that people, he, people are canceling him, like Dua Lipa, who basically gave him his freaking career and put him on levitating. Like, are you kidding? Like, she was just like, yeah, this is not the person that I worked with. I'm embarrassed cuts him off and like promotes her original single without him and so he's embarrassed and now he's trying to paint it as a racist like a race problem and it's like you are a black man pitting the black community against each other as it is and 20 minutes prior he made all these horrible horrible comments about um the lgbtq community and the hiv and aids community he had also brought up an abuser tori lane's after um, Megan Thee Stallion performed, who she actually has a restraining order against. So again, like, this is not a good dude that we are like seeing right now. And I'm here for his downfall because I think he's a bad person, I really do. But again, just to say, it's just disgusting. It, it's so, so gross. And it just goes to show like black men lack accountability sometimes. Like it was just like a perfect, like he couldn't even apologize yeah I think the scariest thing about this to me is that when the whole mm -hmm. Megan Stallion being shot situation happens yeah nobody was really canceling Tory Lanez and when the baby I know he did something bogus a few weeks ago to Mike Stallion and he did it again like bringing out Tory Lanez abuser and like just a restraining order against yeah but nothing happened until he started offending white people and so when yeah. he was slurs a lot of like gay men were offended and like Elton John had to come out and say something. And it goes to show that no one cares when harm is being done upon Black women, but the minute you start offending white people, this is when people are- That's when they hear. So Elton John came out as well as, he's losing all the sponsorship and you didn't see that a long time ago. And I, I feel like this is another great way of just um, talking about, you know, people don't take us seriously until it affects them. Like people don't believe us until they're like, oh wait, this finally affects me and people being white people. So again, to see the amount of white people that have come forward, specifically Elton John, which is a household name, like everybody knows who Elton John is. Um, you know, it's a big deal. And I'm ex honestly, I'm excited to see many more people speak out about this. Um, unfortunately, he's he's already been let go by a couple of people and uh, at his uh, UK festivals, which has been great. Fortunately, he's still performing at Lala in Chicago. I was never going to go to Lala because I thought the lineup was absolute trash. I don't know what happened. Um, but 
I'm really excited to see him get booed in Chicago. That's all I have to say. Like, I'm really excited to just like see a video clip go later on viral that will just be him getting booed because again, like exactly what you're saying, why people are offended now and as they should be, because if they're a part of the LGBTQ community and if they have morals like we do, you know, everyone should be offended by what, what he said. It's disgusting and foul. But now, you know, there's a consequence because, you know, why people are mad about it. So great take on that, actually, Faith. That's a good point. I'm trying to find um, his tweet specifically where he he tried to uh, make the... I have to unblock him. I blocked him. <laughs> yeah, I just never really followed. Him. No, I never followed him either. I still blocked yeah. him. Why did I do that? I don't remember. But, you know, it's, it's petty. It's for the brand. Um, Oh, here we're, oh my God, this is, this was, this was the tweet that like, I think I blocked him off of. Um, he was like, and for any brands, networks, or artists that like to profit off black rappers and influence on the culture without understanding it or having the patience to deal with what comes with the position we play in our culture, keep your money next time. Us niggas are human. And then like, we're like, what, what are you, what are you talking about? Like you were just being straight up ignorant. And, um, and then he keeps just saying like, but the LGBTQ community, like, do you guys, like, I'm not a part of it. And I'm like, why are you still talking about them again? Like, it's just, it just, just, it's so like, it's just so telling as to like, I'm like, you're, you're just playing yourself right now. You, you know, you're just saying things that it's just, oh my God, it's not out of control. He is awful to say that he's awful. Yeah, I would say remove him from your playlist but it's kind of hard because like his music is just everywhere but i just want to say that this music festival should not be happening i'm sorry there is a third wave of COVID going on there's a third variant uh the fact that rolling loud even happened and the surge of cases in miami right now is a little crazy i forgot what performer was a rapper you know anyone that won i know one person that i saw on my story on instagram that went and i personally know him but i didn't say anything is he good um i don't know not we're not close i didn't ask anything oh okay but i'm hoping he is mm-hmm. uh, and i would really want to stay there in his vicinity i just really accept that like that festival even happens in the first place and we're going to see the re- effects of it unplay unfold over the next couple weeks Well, what's scary is like another thing that like Faith and I were talking about before this is like, because I know one person that won and luckily she's fine and, you know, tested negative. So she got lucky, but I will say she didn't go to like a ton of the shows there, like even though she was there the whole weekend. Um, But another thing that was so crazy is again, like this just scares me even more. Um, I don't think people realize like how many people like still aren't vaccinated in the United States, you know, guys, like we are not where we're supposed to be. And that's why the surge is getting so high. And then also to relate to Rolling Loud, like a lot of people went to Rolling Loud with symptoms. They Mm -hmm. just went. And so again, or they just like went and they had exposed themselves and then they show up with symptoms, you know, like at Rolling Loud. You know, and so that's again like that's just an easy way, or it's just like spreading like wildfire to everybody. So it's terrifying to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but just to say, still wear your mask. I mean, I definitely will still wear my mask even after the CDC was very wishy washy, and I think they never should have went back on their stance of mask. 
even though you are vaccinated because at the end of the day you can be vaccinated and still don't get COVID. COVID and yeah. So I think we should all just we're gonna be wearing masks for a very, very long time. And I'll say it's to say if you have not been vaccinated, get vaccinated. I know a lot of states are state governors are doing lots of different campaigns and with their mayors. Some are saying if you get COVID vaccinated, you'll get a hundred dollar gift card. I know here in DC, teens, if you get vaccinated, you can either choose a $51 gift card or you can choose free AirPods. So these are little incentives that people are going to get. And it's funny, like, but as a public health person, this is my, uh, if I was doing a public health intervention like this, this is how exactly how I would do it because Americans yeah. are the brightest people in the world. You give them an American, say, free groceries for the month, dollars could do something. Most yeah. people are going to do it versus like tell them the benefits of getting COVID tested. I'm sorry, but sitting here telling someone, you get a gift card versus telling that you won't get con- you will most likely not die from COVID. They're most likely going to choose the fifty dollars gift card over hearing the benefits of yep. COVID. To be honest, that's how a lot of Americans are, especially in these rural areas. Some of these. Oh my god. So, uh, so if you guys need help finding the COVID vaccine sites or anything, just let me know. I will happily point you in the right direction because come November, December, it's going to be looking like. Early like COVID. last March, yeah. like last March. I doubt that we're going to have a full shut- shutdown. The U.S. will never do that again. We lost a lot of money. And as you can see with our response, we we're primarily focused on our economic impacts. And so we are not going to shut down again. Like nothing will be shut down, but you need to move very carefully um, because a lot of these doctors and nurses in the hospitals are warning you. The CDC, to a lot of people, is not a trusted, credible source anymore because they go back on their senses all the time, but follow your public health officials and listen to them, wear your mask, wash your hands, and be safe out here. And don't go to festivals. I will highly suggest that. Yeah, and then also just to add on a little bit about the CDC, I mean, the CDC obviously said like, okay, you know, like you you don't need to wear a mask anymore. I will say that's because they expected everyone to get vaccinated. Um, So just a great, way to just listen is to get vaccinated and then you can you know decide if you don't want to wear a mask but if you don't want to get COVID and I don't want to get COVID I st- I, I have not like wanted to get COVID ever since it happened and I'm still happy that I haven't gotten it and yeah it's definitely coming you guys like the second wave is definitely coming although I'm probably I'm kind of excited not excited for people to die obviously but I really am just I'm okay with you know staying in because outside is expensive so <laughs> I was not used to how expensive like going out to happy hour all the time was my bank account is dying it's not fun anyway we'll end on um white people I hope you're washing yourselves uh, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis came out and said that they like rarely bathe their kids um stay safe out there, you know, keep washing yourself, do more than just like a rinse, obviously. I'm not looking at anyone that is uh, black because I know that you guys bathe and you guys have your like loofah and your shower glove. Um, but white people, you know, just invest in either of those items. You know, it's more than just like a rinse. It's just like, you gotta scrub your body. Yes. You gotta. Um, and, and you can't pick what day it is. You, you do it every day, you know, and you feel good. I mean, that's why our skin looks like the way it does because yeah <laughs> I hate content in the way people parent but 
Ashton and Mila Kunis, I'm looking at y'all sideways because it's really too bad too though. Like it's like they only bathe their kid if they visibly see dirt. I'm like, that is just disgusting. That could um, be a week. That could be a week. Mm-hmm. No, that could be a month. Like that's disgusting. Especially in this era of COVID where you need to be really using soap, hand washing. And when you leave the house, you do want to shower when you come back. Like you don't know what you may have contracted. I didn't even think about the fact that we're still in COVID. And they said that. I never even made that conversation. I'm not even focused on the hygiene part. I'm focused on the fact that we're still in COVID and that people are not practicing good hygiene. Um, So on that note, if you did not shower today or yesterday, get yourself in the bath. If you didn't shower... The bare minimum is once, but if you, you know, like you showered in the morning, what feels better than getting into your bed after being clean? Like nothing, like, I don't know, bathe yourself today, please people. Um, anyway, my Instagram is at Varen Bergen. Please follow me, DM us, you know, let us know what you thought. We're really sorry that we were gone for so long, but we will be back much more frequently. We're going to try to do at least an episode once a month that's the minimum you know like we're not gonna like skip a couple of months we'll do once a month for sure and then we're gonna try to do twice a month but once a month is our bare minimum you'll be seeing more of us we'll be posting a lot more so make sure you follow us on instagram at the ebony group chat um mm-hmm. and my instagram is faith a underscore thanks for tuning in as always if you have any suggestions or thoughts send them our way um and we will see you guys in a month see you bye Hello, hello. Hello, everyone. Hello, our sweet fans. Welcome to the Ebony Group Chat Podcast. Um, it's your girl, Queen V. Uh, Varen Bergen is present. And Faith is here. Yeah, we are so happy that our fans are tuning in. Um, this podcast has been a lot of work in the making. Um, this podcast is a dedicated safe space to Black women, Black men and obviously our allies to our community. If for some reason you don't fit in any of those categories, um, you know, we're not really sure why you're here, but that's cute. Like The shade. <laughs> it's, it's all good. Like, we welcome you with open arms. Maybe you'll learn something. So, yeah. <laughs> Follow us on social media. Yeah. I'm Faith A underscore. Show us some love. Ren, what's your Instagram? Yeah, it's at Varen Bergen. Um, if you don't follow our personals and you're following our group chat account, that's fine. That's but not fine. That, it's yeah, not. but it's actually not. We see you. Just know that we see you right now. We check. We check. We check. <laughs> We're checking it. Um, this podcast is going to be available on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. So if you need to know where this is, because I know you guys are going to be tuning in twice a month, this is where it's going to be available. It is. So welcome to the Ebony Group Chat, y'all. Woo!